Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the DFS Streamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. We are in weekend number two of the NFL playoffs. NFL season has just flown by. I can't believe there's like three or four more weeks left. Don't, I, I don't do math very well, so I don't know how many weeks there are left. I don't know <laughs> playoff format. I don't know if there's DFS contest for the All-Star game or the uh, what All-Pro game is what it's called. But anyway, Pro Bowl? You, yeah, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl. There you go. Is, is, that's on Nickelodeon this year, isn't it, Pee-wee? I believe so. I believe that's the case. Uh It'd be fun. It's fun. Nickelodeon's fun. I thought the wild card game was fun. So. Yeah, I, I I agree. What was was that the Dallas San Francisco game? Yeah, what game? it was. It was. Did Dak end up flopping in a big old pile of slime at the end of the game? Is that what he did? Yeah, like the whole field just covered it. It ran out. It was just perfect for the play call that they ran. The the quarterback draw with twelve seconds, no timeouts. Pretty genius on Nickelodeon's part to just slime the whole field. I can't even. That's my guy Pierre over there on Twitter at Pee 31 I'm lo- at Loafing It on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Tons of great content over there by a lot of uh, not only NFL people, NBA people, wrestling people, all kinds of stuff over there at the FI Today with a little underscore. I'd like to use that one as a little retweeting thing because everybody deserves to have a lot of content retweeted out there, Pierre. Good content. Got a lot of great content creators out there. There is. There's a, there's a bunch of it, um, but there's some good stuff, and I know folks oftentimes get kind of caught up in just the the mainstream stuff, the popular stuff. But there's folks like us, like you and me, that know what we're talking about. Uh, There's others out there as well that are, you know, chiming out, chugging out content, putting out good material. So it's good to support each other uh, when we can. I really think I've taken some very good leaps this year and being able to construct my lineups, learning a lot of things, uh, a lot of a lot of ways to not only, you know, build those lineups and use stacks and then, you know, these contrarian plays. I'm learning about roster ship and stuff. But but some of the things I don't understand yet and I'm trying to get better at it and I hope I don't forget it all before next season. (laughs) <laughs> is, is Well, w- one, uh, you know, I kind of get a roster construction a little bit. and you can always improve on that, I think, week to week, probably. Uh, mm-hmm. b- but another thing is, is my bankroll management. I just I, I don't really understand that. I'll look up and I'm like, holy cow, I've entered that many dollars. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa easy there, buddy. Easy. And, <laughs> and then I look at the contest and I'm like, I have no shot at winning that contest. It feels like not because of my lineup. But just the odds are stacked against me. Like there's too many people in there. I, I I don't know how to explain it. I gotta look a little bit more intently at those um, contests that I'm entering. You do. I mean that's a that's a big part of it. And there's there's different aspects. Like so, DraftKings has kind of built some things in themselves. Like the the lower dollar, I believe it's like five or more. Uh, they don't let the the sharps the 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 the, the professionals in those contests. Uh, which is good. Um, you'll see someone on FanDuel as well that has like beginners. Uh, so if you're new, you want to get into those because they don't have, you know, those that are, you know, professionals been doing this for years in those contests. But what I tend to, to try to do, and I mean, we all make mistakes sometimes and like our lineup a little too much, but I target double ups. Um, that means 50% of the population's going to, you know, double their money. So whether it's a $2 entry, you know, you'll make four, uh, Five dollars to make ten, etc. Um, I, I get in a bunch of those just because all I gotta do is beat fifty percent of the field. I feel like I'm good enough. The projections I use are good enough to, you know, each week, week over week, I'm gonna beat fifty percent of the field. Uh, that's where both of my bankroll is gonna come from. And uh, you tend to want to play, I say, twenty to twenty-five percent of your your bankroll. So if you got a hundred bucks, I play like twenty dollars a week. 
And that's what I, I try to keep in there. If you got 200, you know, play 20%. That's what I say. And then for GPPs, I think this is where a lot of people, you know, get in trouble is I tend to target really small GPPs in regards to the entry. Um, I'll play one of the millionaire maker just because, you know, if my lineup goes off and it's beating everything. I'll, I'll be really upset <laughs> if I don't win a million dollars. I have one in there. But other than that, I'm targeting contests where there's no more than 100, 200 people in them. Really? Um, regardless of how you look at your, your GPP guaranteed prize pool, you look at that structure, it's going to pay out the usually about the top 20%. Is who's going to pay out the the bottom half that that barely gets into that cash line? You're not even going to double your money on most of those contests. Like you go on the Millionaire Maker, you just cash. You know you'll turn that twenty into like thirty. Um, whereas the the top five percent of those contests is really where you get the the most bang for your buck, where you get your ROI. Um, so when you're doing that and you're playing hundreds of thousands of people, you got to be hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, to really make your, your money's worth. Whereas if you're playing, you know, 100, 200 people, it's a lot easier to beat 100 people, you know, finish top five. And oftentimes you'll have the same lineup and you'll make more. And let's say a, a $3, 100 people contest, if you finish, you know, four for third, then if you finish, you know, 125th in a $12 contest, it has a lot of people. So that's just the route I go. I, I recommend, you know, when you're doing your bankroll, do the same. Target those lower entries, you know. It's hard to beat, you know, 100,000 people. It, 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 it's yeah, easier <laughs> to beat 50 to 100 folks. So just keep that in mind and watch your ROI go up if you are successful. Well, that's and, and when I look at my past entries or whatever it is, you know, on Monday or something like that, when I look at my contest, I'm like, wow, look at the bar. There was only like a small smidgen at the end that could actually cash out of that contest. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who couldn't, you know, it's a big gray bar exactly. and, the little, and the little bitty tiny green bar. And then I look and I go, look at all those double ups. Man, I forgot to play double ups again. And that's what I was sitting there. That's what I that's what I kicked myself because I'm playing all these GPPs, you know, like you say, where it's a, the guaranteed prize pool, where it's a big old contest. I'm playing those just just because I don't even know what I'm clicking on half the time. I'm trying to do it in a hurry or something instead of looking and paying attention to those double ups, because mm-hmm. I look at the double ups when it's all said and done. I'm like. Well, Wesley, if you would have just played those, you'd have done pretty good there, buddy, Ro. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's where the bankroll comes in. There's times where I don't cash a GPP, and I'll cash in every double-up I have, and I come out ahead because I play more double-ups than I play GPP. So it usually works out in your, your favor. There's also head-to-heads. A lot of people do head-to-heads um, where you just play one person. It's, you know, you versus me for, you know, five bucks to get nine because there's always – like rake leak, uh, DraftKings takes their portion or whatever. But there's head to heads as well, and there'll be times where I don't hit double ups, but I'll I'll beat a couple people in head to heads, so I get some of my money back, and I'm not completely in the hole if I do have a bad week, which we all have bad weeks. I, I got a great head to head contest idea, Pierre, and I, I'll I'll have to tell you that off there if I haven't already okay. told you what it is. It's a great one though. I think it's I think it's fantastic. I, I, it, it, it makes my toes tickle. Yeah, we got to get into this uh, Saturday Sunday slate where we got four games. We got eight teams left in the playoffs. I don't know if this name if it, is it Wild Card Weekend. It was Super Wild yeah, Card Weekend. It's the divisional round. We're okay. in the divisional, divisional round. round. All right, we're in divisional round. Okay, back to the old school. All right, that's good. Now we have a couple of games here. Really, one game that is going off as far as the projections go, or mm-hmm. whatever that you want to call it, as far as a point total goes, and yeah. that is really just one. And that's the Kansas City. Who is it? Kansas City and. Uh, a Buffalo game, I think that has a 55-point total, while the rest of them are just down there in the 40s. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's going to probably have the most action, uh, like you said, because of the high total. But also, it's the last game on the slate, and a lot of folks like to have that, you know, those players remaining, that PMR remaining, so that way they can kind of sneak up and and catch everybody at the end. So that'll probably be pretty popular, and a lot of guys in that game are priced really well. Yeah, and I, yes, I, a lot of people like that last game scenario. You had Bo, you had Bo stole our DraftKings contest by DraftKings contest with that silly old Gabriel Davis touchdown. Come on! Uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. But that's just it. You, you have a part of that that game, and we both had Allen and uh, Gabe Davis. We had the same exact lineup, which is very rare, but that's what happened. We came in, snuck there. Yeah, that was Saturday. That's Saturday, two games. <laughs> and you still got like that. You were on the podium. I was on the podium. <laughs> I was on the podium again on Sunday too. I'm, you I'm were. I was I'm not. I was not on the podium Sunday. I'm I was learning a looking lot. Up. All right, let's look over here at quarterbacks like we like to do to yes. start everything off, please. And we're going to go all the way down here. I was almost yep. right on who would have more points, I think, last week, uh, whatever I was joking about that stuff. Well, we have J- Jimmy Garoppolo down here at the bottom, 5,200, no. playing at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay is supposed to be really, really cold uh, Sunday night, or this is Saturday night, Saturday night for this game, like negative four, dropping down, all that stuff. So this is a San Francisco team traveling to Green Bay to play in prime time. Green Bay's had a week to prepare for them how are you feeling about jimmy garoppolo this week i'm not feeling him at all um for one he's he's done with the thumb uh he's even talked about like having trouble gripping it in the cowboy game they play indoors so now you're out in the freezing cold you're gonna have the the same grip issues got a shoulder sprain now so i'll probably just leave him alone completely I may want to, too, and it wouldn't surprise me if San Francisco gets down by 21 points or something and then pulls the old switcheroo and throws Trey Lance in there just to try something different. You know, it, it really wouldn't surprise me to see that happen in this game I, I, I or, or just put Debo back there at quarterback, too, to see what happens. <laughs> no, they're using him on the scout team. Like, I've, I've seen practice reports from the day, and they're using Trey Lance pretty much to try to emulate Rodgers as best they can for their defense. I don't know if he'll get into the game, but he's he's at least getting practice reps. (laughs) Wait, I don't know Trey Lance could be compared to Aaron Rodgers. Ryan Tannehill this week against Cincinnati. To me, this this smells like a barn burner. And at the same time, I know Tennessee just likes to slow this game down. To a crawl, they're going to try and slow this game down to keep Cincinnati off the field. But Ryan Tannehill may have to throw a lot. He's at 5,800, Pierre. Would you rather have Garoppolo or Tannehill this week? Tannehill, um, for one, he's not injured. But also, he's he's got a little rushing upside. Um, he might be getting his his king back in the, the backfield. We'll see how that plays out. But even so, I think that just opens up things more. Uh, should have a healthy Julio, A.J. Brown going into this game, coming off the bye. So I definitely take Tannehill here at home. Uh, Tampa Bay, I know Tampa Bay's got a really strong defense. In the past, the secondary is still banged up a lot. They give up the second highest point total to quarterbacks with all the remaining teams seventh in overall in the NFL this past season, giving up 20 DraftKings points to quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford goes there at 6,200. It seems like a very low price to me for a team in the LA Rams who defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last time, Tannehill or Stafford. Yeah, I'm taking Stafford and you're right. I feel like his price is kind of too cheap. Um, you're, You're looking at about 18, a little over 18. Uh, they, they did play at home earlier. He got 32 and a half uh, against Tampa. They're a little healthier on defense, but that's still a really good price for Stafford. Um, but I also like just this game in general because both of these defenses are really good run defenses, I feel. 
Uh, Tampa's one of the best. So the quarterbacks, both good, both going to be forced to throw. Uh, so I'm liking this game, and I do like Stafford quite a bit at 6,200. Now the other guy who's going to be jumping in everybody's st- – I think the projections for him at quarterback is the highest-owned quarterback this week, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is going to Tennessee, 6,600 this week. Tennessee can't stop the pass. They they just can't. They they give up the most DraftKings points to wide receivers, the third most to quarterbacks. Uh, would you rather have Stafford or Burrow? Uh, it's tough. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think I I keep Stafford just because I like I like that game more right now. Um, I like it's in Tampa. It's gonna be a little warmer, uh, sixty degrees versus Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's defense is capable. I know they've given up points mm-hmm. to the air, but they they've done some some mean things to defenses as well, including Stafford. Like they almost shut out uh, the Rams earlier in the year. We played them twice. We being Indy, uh, they really did a number on us. So their defense is capable of stepping up. I think a lot of folks are on the Bengals bandwagon. You know, they're rolling right now. Young, you know, fun team to watch. Tennessee might might punch them in the mouth here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Stafford. Yeah. Now the top ranked quarterback as far as owned goes is right now is Josh Allen, twenty five percent. Joe Burrow is at eighteen percent, and Matthew Stafford is down there at eight percent owned right now. And and I I like that for a little contrarian play myself, Pierre. I don't know about you, but I like how Matthew Stafford is That's sneaking in there. Eight percent Stafford's really really sounding good. <laughs> Yeah, Tom Brady is sitting there against those same Rams defense. Tom Brady can get rid of the ball in like a second, man. You know, I'm not worried about the pass rush. I know that the Tampa Bay offensive line is banged up. But still, once again, I'm not worried about the pass rush because I think Tom Brady can get rid of that ball very, very fast. He's at 6,800. Who would you rather have, Tom Brady or the other fellows? Uh, Probably Brady. Um, I still like Stafford quite a bit, but he's just going to have to throw. Um, He'd have to throw much. Against the Eagles, they were kind of blowing him out, and he still threw, you know, 37 times, 271, two touchdowns. The concern is his receivers are going to be able to catch the ball. Uh, I know Mike Evans had a big day. Um, I thought Slay would kind of keep him under control. He did not. Uh, but the Rams, you know, they're bringing yeah. another top corner with Ramsey. And you look at Tyler Johnson, Bashard Perryman, they were dropping balls uh, really early on in that game, and you saw the frustration on Brady. If that's the case with the Rams, you know, it's not the Eagles. They're going to be in trouble if that happens. So uh, I still like Brady, but I don't think he's as a lock as most think he might be. Tom Brady is down there at 7% owned right now uh, for, for my you, this is This is my favorite, my favorite game is Tampa and the Rams this week. Mm-hmm. They're the second highest over under. Uh, but, I again, I expect both teams to have to pass the ball because the defense is that they'll be facing. Aaron Rodgers this week, 7,100. I really like Aaron Rodgers. I think this is a smash spot. That San Francisco 49er secondary is just terrible. It's atrocious. I know that Dallas really couldn't take advantage of that last week for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. whatever was going on in Dallas. But I think Aaron Rodgers can chew that up and spit it out. Yeah, I like Rodgers quite a bit as well. Um, He has the whole narrative here. Uh, Every time he plays the 49ers, they're the team that passed Mm -hmm. on him in the draft for Alex Smith. Playoffs have been rough. He's he's really struggled against them in the playoffs. So this feels like a, a get-right spot for OA right there. So I, I do like Rodgers quite a bit, 7,100. Rodgers or Mahomes? I'm going to take Rodgers. I think I think Buffalo might might pull it off here in Kansas City. Too. So I'm going to stick with Rodgers. Again, I, I, I think they're a win. Uh, Kansas City has the highest team total right now, but I don't, they still don't look great to me. I know they're going up and down, putting up points, but the Steelers are awful. Uh, they shouldn't even been in the playoffs. This is going to be a matchup, and it may not shoot out like folks think it will. 
No, I, I, I really, I, I hate it for my daughter. I think my daughter's going to have some heartbreak against that Buffalo Kansas City <laughs> game because I do think Buffalo's going to be able to win that one. Are you going to go with Aaron Rodgers or your brand new favorite toy, Josh Allen? <laughs> He's been my favorite toy. Like I had a lot of Josh Allen last last year as well. Um, yeah, I like I like Allen. Obviously, he he helped me catch you, helped Bo catch you. So you may not be thrilled, but forty one point nine. I'm not sure he'll put up that number, but he put up almost 40 against Kansas City at Kansas City during the regular season. Mm-hmm. They may have an answer for him, but I, I don't think they will. Um, I like Josh Allen quite a bit. He's probably – I think I'm going to play Stafford value-wise. He's probably my favorite value play, but top score, I, I go with Josh Allen. Uh, Kansas City gives up the second most points in the NFL during the regular season to draft King quarterbacks, and they are the first highest on this slate for giving up DraftKings points to quarterbacks. So that's a little tidbit. Let's go over to, I guess, let's let's go to tight end. Let's go to tight end real quick uh, because I, this one is, it gets really short really quick. If you yeah, ask really me. quick. It I does. mean, you got Kelsey, you got Gronk, and I don't know, the rest of the field. Which, who Do you think that Kelsey's going to pay three times his value this, this week? I don't know. 6,500. Yeah, no, I get that because Buffalo doesn't give up any points to tight ends. Eight during the regular seasons on DraftKings is what they usually averaged. Uh, I, 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 Kelsey, I don't know. I like I don't it, he's so. like cheap. I like his price, but I'm going to say, I'm probably going to say no. Like they're going to need him. If they win, then it probably will happen. But again, I'm, I'm leaning bills here, so I'm going to go no, even though his price is the, the cheapest it's been all season. I, I I think it's going to be really hard for him to get to that 19, 20 point range. What about Gronk though this week? Last week I think he was a little bit disappointing to people. They thought he was in a really good smash spot, and he was. it looks well. Yes, he was, <laughs> and it looks like he is a little bit again today, just because there's not a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa that Tom trusts. But fifty eight hundred, that that that's a lot of points for Gronk here lately. It is. He he came down, you know, six hundred dollars. So he was in a better spot I thought last week, but. Uh, it all comes down to Mike Evans. If Brady's able to hit, you know, Evans, then Gronk may not be as necessary. If Evans gets taken away, then Gronk's going to be an important part of it. Uh, 58, again, I still think he's a solid price, but I think this next guy is probably going to be where I'm leaning. George Kittle, who is the third guy on the board, he is appropriately priced at $100. I think he can get to three times his value because last week he got three DraftKings points for year. What are you saying? You're leading to him. He's 5,300 against Green Bay. Because he's 5,300 and everybody's going to be looking at the the two, the 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 six, the four. He, he hasn't really done much. Uh, but when you look at those games, they've been ahead. Like they were ahead, you know, a lot of that Dallas game. Uh, the Rams, they they came back and won. That was more a Debo, but they played Green Bay earlier. He got nine targets, seven catches, 92 yards, 17.1 points. Uh, that's what you want. Uh, I think he can get that. I feel like they're going to be trailing. They're going to need to pass the ball. So I, I like Kittle quite a bit. And the, the Packers tend to struggle a bit uh, with tight end. You'll see they're, they're 21st ranked against the tight end. They struggle with tight end a bit uh, throughout the season. Might be getting some guys back, but I, I do like Kittle. I feel like he's He's too cheap for the upside that he can bring you here. Kelsey is 19% owned. Gronk is 15% owned. And Kittle is like fifth on the list at 12% owned. He mm-hmm. got Uzama up there third and then Higby fourth in that list. So Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, like he's not going to be played. And he's got the same upside as, you know, Kelsey and Gronk. 
Okay. All right. Well, I, I, I would have thought you would have won a Dawson Knox after a couple of touchdowns <laughs> last week, but I know how you are as well because you like to fade that. If Dawson Knox get fed last week, you're going to say, okay, this week they're going to go to somebody else and not necessarily look towards a Dawson Knox. He's at 4,900 though, and he'd be a great pairing to match up with uh, your your now famous quarterback, <laughs> Josh Allen, who ended up beating him. Yeah, I mean, Knox is, he's in play. Uh, still good play. I thought he was a, a little lucky last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he only got five targets. He, two of those were touchdowns, so not sure he's going to be able to have that type of efficiency. Uh, but he's played Kansas City well. Again, earlier in the year, uh, only had three catches, but 117 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they struggle against tight ends. They played him, you know, in 2020. He had six for 42 and a touchdown for 16.2. Uh, so he's definitely in play. Again, I just worry. He can stay efficient. Buffalo scares me in their passing game a bit because they have a lot of a lot of weapons. They got Knox. Diggs, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, McKenzie. McKenzie was involved like we kind of talked about. They kept him involved in that game. So there's a lot to go around there. No, there definitely is. Our next guy on the board is Tyler Higby. He's at 4K this week. And and to me, this is like that dry season for Tyler Higby. I know they didn't have to pass the ball a lot against uh, Arizona this past game, but (laughs) it seems like he he goes through these spells – and now the the last couple of games before the playoffs where he got 24 points and then 13 points, those were season highs. And yeah. now I'd look at this as going, OK, he's back in the low part of things again. Last week, he only had eight DraftKings points. Uh, 4K, is he going to even come close? I think he can just because I expect the, the Rams to have to pass the ball here. Tampa has one of the best run defenses in the league, if not the best. Uh, so they could really limit Michelle and, and Akers. So. You look at Higby, they again they play earlier this year, five catches, forty yards, and a touchdown. So you can you can really see him having pass to get there. If he gets you that fifteen he got back in week three, uh you're you're running to the bank for his four K salary. Uh, so I do like Higby uh, at four K. I think it could be a bounce back spot because I expect them to have to throw it more than they did in that route against mm-hmm. the Cardinals. That's true. Uh, Tampa Bay does give up the 16th most DraftKings points to tight ends, third and the remaining teams that are left, and they average 13 DraftKings points to tight ends. So maybe he can get there, Pierre. Maybe he can. All right. Uh, for me, whenever I look at Uzama, I said, nope, 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 nope. Because if there's, <laughs> you know, if it seems like to me if there's one thing Tennessee does really well defensively, it's keep up with tight ends. They're 28th in the NFL in points allowed to tight ends on, on DraftKings. And Uzama you know, did really well last week, so I expect nothing out of him this week that <laughs> <laughs> should be how it works uh and six six but 64 and a touchdown 18 folks are gonna play him because he's really the cheapest starter that you have that you're comfortable with at 3400 so he'll get played but i, I think i'm on the same boat as you are i'm not gonna I'm not gonna chase him this week I would actually like to pivot instead of a Nuzama. Go ahead and get some cheaper prices there. And if I want a cheap price, I don't mind going to Ferkser or uh, Jeff Swaim. Is it Swaim there for Tennessee? Mm-hmm. Because Cincinnati is terrible against tight ends. And uh, Ferkser seems to be the guy that gets the targets and the runs. But Swaim is out there on almost every single snap for Tennessee. At least that's how, how it was when Derrick Henry wasn't back there. Ferkser only had, I think, 30, 50 percent of the snaps. Whenever yeah. he was out there, though, he was active and involved. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating. I had him in a lot of best balls. Him and Dawson Knox. So Knox worked out, but Ferkser hasn't. But like the last couple of weeks before the playoffs, all of a sudden he's trying to catch touchdowns again. So if he's back involved, you can take a chance at him at 3,100. I'm personally probably going to try to get up to, you know, a Kittle type, but he's definitely uh, in play. Sway is more of a blocking tight end. Uh, you really need him to, to kind of get that goal line 
uh, type of look for his touchdown equity, but I don't mind Ferguson for sure. Cameron Brait, uh, do we need to mention what, Dagura? Dagura for a <laughs> Josiah Dagara. Uh, I mean, you can. Uh, he's he's probably going to see more targets than a Mercedes Lewis there. Sure, sure. Uh, so that's, that's definitely something to consider. Okay. All right. I, I can see that. Let's go over to wide receivers and let's take a little different perspective at this, Pierre. Let's match it up with our quarterbacks that we talk about and see which ones we like. So we'll kind of work down the, the mm-hmm. wide receiver room here a little bit. And let's start over there in the Cincinnati-Tennessee game. We got Jamar Chase at 7,100, T. Higgins at 5,700, and Tyler Boyd at 4,800. Do you have a preferred play if you're going to match somebody up with a Joe Burrow? It's Chase. Um, he's popping really hard in projections right now, and it's weird. I'm not, I'm not on him, but he's he's projecting for like 26.7. That's about 3.8 times the value uh, for his 71k, uh, 70. 7.1K price mm-hmm. range. So it's Chase. Obviously, they have a connection from LSU. You've seen his targets, you know, 12. Uh, the four was just because of the whole – they took the day off, got him the record. But mm-hmm. 12, 12, and 10, the, the last times he's been out, 22-plus. Uh, so it's definitely Chase if you're trying to pair someone up with, with Burrow. Not only that, but they did start using him in the run game, very similar to how they uh, yeah. how Depot's being used. I was very surprised at that. Yeah, I think he had three carries at least, at, but – but they were carries that could have went somewhere. I mean, they were, mm-hmm. and, and they did go a little bit, but they could have really, really went somewhere. When I look at T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd, if I'm looking to pivot off of Jamar Chase a little bit, it seems to me that towards the end of the year, Tyler Boyd started taking over some of that. T. Higgins could have had a couple of touchdowns last week, could have had some big gains, but I don't know. Something just seems off with T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd seems to be that dependable guy now around the end zone that Joe Burrow likes. Yeah, using a slot uh, quite a bit more, uh, which is where Boyd plays primarily. Uh, touchdown four straight games, so definitely a connection going there. And if it's not broke, don't fix it, uh, which I think is kind of what you've seen there with Cincinnati. So I can see Boyd. Higgins obviously still has upside. He's pretty pretty good price himself, but yeah, Boyd's definitely been in play these last four weeks. Really, you can look at the last six if you <laughs> look at his point total for his price. I look back at the Titan game, the last game, I don't know that you, how much you can read into whenever they were playing Houston. There was a lot on the line for Tennessee, so I do think that they were trying to play that game a little bit. And and who was it? Wes Walker? Uh, who, who was it that, that lit it up for, for the Houston Texans last time? Uh, Danny Amendola. 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 Yeah. That's who it was. Amendola. Wes Walker. That's Walker. <laughs> well, I've been taking oh, my daughter down the Super Bowl highway lane, and we watched uh, the, the Patriot versus the Atlanta Falcon game. Uh, yeah, yeah, and there was some West Walker action in there and everything. And I was telling my daughter, I said, look at who he's, who he's throwing the ball to. Look who he's throwing the ball to. None of these guys are Randy Moss. You know, none of these guys are anybody who's just physically demanding or anything like that. So uh, sure. she was very impressed to, to something. <laughs> and then she realized. They, they, they almost had an undefeated season when he did have Randy Moss. To yeah, to. Actually, I need to show her that one. <laughs> Uh, I think we have watched that one, but but uh, so just looking at this, I don't know if Tyler Boyd fits that uh, West Walker. I'm going to call him West Walker. I don't know if he fits, who fits that mold a little bit there. Well, they played last year, uh, week eight, and he had six for 67 and a touchdown, uh, 19.6 drafting points. Clearly, Chase wasn't there, so keep that in mind. Um, but they did have success, and they won that game last year as well, 31 to 20. Uh, so if they found something on the tape that they like, they could definitely try to go back to it with Boyd. Okay. All right. Uh, the, over on the ten, uh, Tennessee wide receivers in the room, we got two people standing in there. A.J. Brown, we got Julio Jones. That's right. All right. 
That's who we got. And A.J. Brown is 6,200. Julio Jones is 4,700. And I told you last time when Julio got in there against those Texans that mm-hmm. that that they were going to try to use Julio, and I think they did. And there were they I did. think the last time that he he had he had 17 yards per attempt. I think is what it was. His his yards. Uh, what is that? What you call it? The yak yards or that yards after catch? Yeah, uh, yeah, air yards, air yards. He had 17 air yards. They were trying to hit him deep on a couple of times, working on the timing, and man, it was just a little bit off. I wonder if these two weeks of practice has enabled Julio Jones to maybe get in a couple more reps. That 4,700 just seems really cheap for me for Julio. It does. It does. 4,700 Julio Jones. You were right. That last game, they, they tried to get him involved some. Uh, had nine targets total. Caught five mm-hmm. for 58 and a touchdown. And this is kind of what they brought him here for. Um, it really wasn't for the regular season. They brought him here to kind of get over the hump in the playoffs, uh, give a, an extra target, you know, the, to take some pressure off of, uh, A.J. Brown here. So this is Julio's time to shine, kind of make his money. 4,700. I mean, Julio Jones, I know he's not the Julio of old, but if you could say you could get Julio Jones for 4,700 back in the day, folks would go crazy. I think that that is a good pivot from the A.J. Brown ownership percentage that you're going to end up having and also a good run back if you do decide to put uh, Burrow in there at quarterback with a couple of wide receivers for Cincinnati and then you throw Julio on the other side and that really opens up a lot of possibilities for your for your lineups absolutely I'm just proud you're talking about bring back so thank you very much thank you absolutely. I ain't talking about playing Julio naked man well, who, who do you think I am <laughs> who you, who you, I mean uh, hey, but A.J. Brown is also a good one. He is a number one wide receiver for sure there, and Cincinnati is susceptible to the passing game a little bit. And I think that uh, Tannehill is going to have some time to throw the ball. So if you're going to run with a reverse stack on that uh, from a from a Cincinnati press perspective and you go with a uh, Tennessee Titans stack, I think that you could play both of those guys, A.J. and Julio. I, I wouldn't be scared yeah. to do that. That's really all you really want to play from a pass catcher standpoint. Um Westbrook Akita, uh, I'm going to say his name just because he's an Indiana guy, uh, <laughs> but he, he can sometimes, you know, take away some some targets there, but it's really the Julio and A.J. Brown show. That will probably be the case um, unless that king comes back, then that could, that could change a couple things, but they'll still be the two main pass-catching targets. Yeah, I think that opens things up a little bit for him more yeah, than anything else. Uh, and 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 we'll get to Derrick Henry a little bit later on in the show. Let's go over to San Francisco. Green Bay, the wide receiver room in San Francisco. There is one king in that room, and that is Debo Samuel. But mm-hmm. he's not catching passes, Pierre. He's running the ball. Uh, he's, he has a lot of targets against those Titans a couple of weeks prior to the end of the season in the NFL. But really, it seems like Brandon Ayuk and Juan Jennings are the ones, Juan Jennings are the ones getting the, the receptions nowadays in San Francisco. They are, but I mean, Debo's doing everything. He's okay. running, he's catching, he's passing. So I mean, he's he's doing a little bit of everything. So keep Debo in mind still. But yeah, you'd like to see um, he'll him get more targets in the passing game. But I mean, he got ten rushes. You know, he's averaging like <laughs> seven point two yards a carry uh, as a receiver. I don't know if you can call him a receiver anymore. He's just like an athlete. But uh, you're right with Ayuk. He's definitely. Uh, start to, uh, to be the guy that folks expected him to be. Like earlier in, in like the drafts, redrafts, folks were taking him, expecting him to be the guy he's been here lately. Uh, was in a doghouse, it seemed, early in the year. He's out, <laughs> out of the doghouse. He's putting up double digits. So I don't mind Ayuk and uh, Jennings. I believe a guy out of Tennessee, uh, he's seeing targets as well. Not sure, you know, they're as safe as you would like them to be. Um, mm-hmm. Good price, though. If you need someone cheap, he's on the field and he's going to get opportunities. 
I agree with you. Over in the Green Bay room, Devontae Adams at 8500 I think he could pay off that price point. I know he's mm-hmm. got to get to 24 25 but he's going to be widely owned. And he looks like some of that chalk that you got to have in order to keep up with everybody else because he could break a slate. He can, and he's had really good games against the 49ers. And I believe it was Troy Aikman kind of caught out the, the coverage on C.D. Lamb and just how far off the, the mm-hmm. 49ers secondary plays and if you have a, a top dog like Lamb, if you're running the right routes, whether it be drag routes, whether it be comebacks, you know, curls, you, your really top wide receivers are going to take advantage because of all the space that they're getting. And they may not be big plays, but you're going to, you know, have, I think he said, 10 receptions before halftime because the, the 49ers are playing so soft with their secondary coverage. And if you look at Adams against the 49ers, that's exactly what you're seeing. Uh, week three, 18 targets. He caught 12 for 132 and a touchdown. Mm. Going to last year, 12 targets, caught 10 for 173 and a touchdown. Mm. So the, the Packers are aware of this. And if you're looking, <laughs> if he's going to put up 30 plus points, I mean, you, you got to have Devontae Adams in your lineup. I agree. I, it just looks like I got to work those guys. It looks like I want to work. It was one of those weeks where I started building some lineups and practicing and stuff like that. I'm like, how come there's only four wide receiver spots? I want more than four wide receivers. They're going to make or break this late. The yeah. wide receiver position will guarantee yeah. Uh, MVS, he has got a little questionable tag by him, held out of practice this Wednesday, but Cobb is practicing, and I believe he will play this week is what it looks like all reports are saying. So we got a Lazard, Valdez, Scantling, and Cobb going in here, Pierre. I I love Lazard. He's seen a lot of targets. He's in the red zone a lot, it seems like. But whenever Randall Cobb's in the game, uh, you know Aaron Rodgers is looking his way. Yeah, they have that that connection. He's that that crafty vet that Rodgers really requested to to be there. But I think Lazard's probably the only other one besides Devontae that I play. Uh, He's definitely built some confidence uh, with Rodgers here in the last few weeks. Uh, Going into the playoffs, I think that continues. Not sure MVS even plays. Uh, So it'd be Lazard if I have to take another shot on someone, but it'll probably just be Adams out of this Packers uh, pass catchers. I'm going to tell you what, if if MVS doesn't play – uh, that Cobb looks like a really interesting flex spot at 3,100. That'll enable me to put whoever I want to in the rest <laughs> of that field, Pierre. Uh, it really will. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't need luck, baby. I got skill. I got skill. Uh, for the Rams, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, and Van Jefferson. Uh, it's really a cup show. I think this week again in Tampa Bay, that secondary is really hurting. But, man, Odell Beckham, he seems to be ready to explode there if he could just get a little bit more target share. Yeah, um, he's he's been as advertised for them, uh, seeing a touchdown in like what, seven out of the last eight games. Yeah, uh, They're definitely targeting down, you know, in the, the red zone. They like to run that fade route uh, to the, the back of the end zone in the corner where he just goes up and gets it. Uh, it's been very successful. Uh, so you're looking at 5300, good price. You know you're looking for 15, 16. Uh, he's able to do that, but yeah, cups the cups the guy still. Um, I know the the game log watchers probably aren't gonna like the the 17, the 21, but he's still he's gonna get touchdowns. He's gonna get his own targets. The the Bucks kind of funnel uh, the pass, and again, good history himself against the Bucks earlier this season. Uh, 12 targets, caught nine for 96 and two touchdowns for 30.6. Uh, DraftKings points, and even last year he caught 11 for 145. Didn't have a touchdown at all and still had 28 and a half. Uh, so I know they're the highest price receivers with him and Adams, but I think they're the highest price for a reason. So you, you may want to try to get the man if you can. Don't force it. You want to, you know, have a, a balance if you can. But Cup and Adams look really enticing 
this week. They sure do. And if you're looking to pivot something, Van Jefferson, he's only had one target last week, three targets the week before that, five. Uh, he hasn't scored over 10 DraftKings points in any of the, well, one once in the last five games, I think here is what I'm looking at really quick. So uh, just keep that in mind. If you're looking to pivot, it seems like they're really feeding the Cooper Cups and the Van, uh, Odell Beckhams of the world. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, it surprised me what Mike Evans was able to do last week. I didn't expect that kind of explosion from out of him. And I don't know about the rest of the field, though. It just, I mean, it, it's really consolidated with Mike Evans. The rest of those three guys, I'm not, I don't really feel comfortable in taking a shot at them. I don't either. Uh, and I'm worried about Evans. If they put Ramsey on him, it, it could be a problem. I know Ramsey doesn't tend to shadow. He's more been playing, you know, one side of the field. So that's the case. And obviously the Bucks would be the logical thing and line him up on the opposite side. But they have other good, you know, um, cornerbacks there uh, as well with the, the Rams. But I don't like any – those other guys, they might get Grayson back. Um, he had some some uh, big moments, I guess you could say, late. I know he's dealing with the hamstring, but just late in the season, like when the Antonio Brown drama was happening, he was kind of the beneficiary uh, of that. You know, he got 20 points in that Jets game that, you know, Antonio Brown stormed off the field. So they get him back. He could be worth a shot. But watching Tyler Johnson, Perriman, they were on the field, but they weren't doing anything. They were dropping balls. Brady was cussing at him, so I wouldn't I wouldn't touch either of those guys. And then they started throwing it to Geo. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, it's just like, all right, yeah. fine. You don't want it? Geo, come exactly. on. Geo, 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 come on, Geo. Another one for Geo. All right, uh, <laughs> over at Buffalo, Stephon Diggs, 6,500, Pierre. Is, is this like one of those blue light specials at Kmart whenever That's I was growing up? Like, this, is, this is why I said the receivers are going to yeah. kind of make or break the slate because Diggs at 6,500 hasn't happened. Like, it hasn't happened. Like, you got to look at, like, two years uh, since the last time that took place. It didn't happen this year. He was over 7K every game. Uh, you look at last year, 6,600 week six against Kansas City. So, maybe it's a Kansas City algorithm. Uh, last time he was this cheap, but that's that's cheap for Diggs. I know, again, they have a bunch of weapons uh, there in Buffalo, but, man, that's so cheap for Stefan Diggs. That explains why he has 50% roster ship right now. Cooper Cup is down there at 35%. Devontae Adams at 32%. And Jamar Chase at 25%. I'll, I'll go ahead and say Tyreek Hill at 25% as well. Depot's the, the lowest owned out of that big, you know, five or six guys at 21%. A.J. Brown's at 18 And Mike Evans is only 13% rostered right now, which, which is really weird because the one underneath him, Tyler Johnson, is 13% rostered. <laughs> People think it's Shadow Tyler, man. <laughs> So it's going to be tough. And I said, Tyreek's, he's super cheap too at 66. Uh, I think there's other Buffalo guys there. I mean, I know we talked about it, but you got Sanders, Beasley, they're 41 and 4K. Gabe Davis is more than both of them at 4,600. McKenzie, who's, you know, seeing action again, 3,500. So there's weapons there, but there's, there's some guys that you can save some salary on if you don't think it's going to be the dig show. You could take a chance on one of these guys, you know, in the 4K price range, and they might be able to pay it off given the total that they have right now. And I do like the McKenzie factor. He's the uh, Debo light, I guess, over here now because he had three targets, three rushes this past <laughs> week. And I was going, what are they doing? Handing it off the ball off to him, which was very creative to me. But, man, he was really, really fast, and he was close to breaking a big one. Yeah, I mean, he's a playmaker. and Again, I, they, he played really well against New England uh, without some of their, their top receivers. So I expected them to try to get him involved, and they did. Uh, he got about 10. You know, that's mm-hmm. right around what you need for that three times the value. So he yeah. could definitely do it again. 
He just hasn't shown it against Kansas City, so they may have a different game plan uh, for him this week. Yeah, Cole Beasley, to me, has fallen off and by the wayside. He's the he's the guy that's really paying the penalty for McKenzie's uh, status nowadays. Yeah. Only three only three fantasy points. I know people like to take a flyer on Cole Beasley, but the uh, last five weeks, three, seven, six, seven, and then he did have fifteen against Tampa Bay one of those times when he played. But mm-hmm. uh, to me, he's just he's he's kind of disappeared. It's tough uh, with Beasley. He does play better uh, on the road. Um, he averages about five more points on the road. Uh, besides uh, this year, if you look at two games last year, he had 14 and a half and 15.8 against Kansas City. So he's seen some success uh, against the Chiefs himself. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, I don't know if I'll do it. I don't know if you need to do it with yeah. the, the way some of these guys are, are priced. So that'd be tough. And his snaps are, are going down as well. So you look at what, 30%. Yeah, he was the lowest out of all those guys, including McKenzie, uh, for snaps uh, against the Patriots. Can we trust Tyreek Hill this week? He's at 6,600. And when I say trust him, I mean, do we want to put him in how many lineups whenever we build those lineups this week? If you think if you think the Chiefs are going to, you know, score and win, I think you have to. Uh, I know he's dealing with the, the Hill injury, but, I mean, he's he's cheap. You look again, like he's under 7K, 6,600. He's capable of getting you, you know, 35. He got 50 and 40 earlier this season. So he, he has the upside. Uh, against the, the the Bills in the playoffs last year, he put up 29.2, nine catches for 172 yards. So he's capable. You don't know how healthy he is, but again, that's the kind of kind of caked in. I feel like baked into his price tag. So Pringle, Hardman, or Robinson? Which Hardman? Hardman. Okay. I like Hardman against the the Bills, and I might I might like Hartman the best out of these receivers. Yeah. Um, even Tyreek if his heels hurt. Okay. All right. I can understand that. 4K seems like, or 3,900 seems like a really good price for Hardman as well with that explosiveness. Very good, Pierre, at Wee 31 over there on Twitter. I am at Loafinit on Twitter. And don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Like it. Share it. Uh, subscribe to it. All those Jimmy Jam things that you could do to be able to get that show exposure out there a little bit more. All right. We got defenses, Pierre. Defenses. I know we've already talked about liking the Packers Just defense. Just play one. It doesn't matter. It it doesn't because all these teams are good now. You're at a point where every team left is good. So their offense uh, that the defenses are playing against are going to be good to some extent. Uh, You got the Jimmy G injury. So I think about the the Packers there at 32. Uh, But you can play the 49ers if you think Rodgers might struggle. And, you know, maybe they'll step on his toe and Jordan Love has to come Mm -hmm. in. I mean, the Bengals, Bills, I'll probably go Bills just because the pressure they can put on Mahomes. And he's thrown quite a few interceptions. But. We're at the point of the, the playoffs where you can just whatever salary you have, just play, just play who you can. I probably even you know, the 49ers, you know, Bosa can get sacked, so they can everybody can score. So I wouldn't spend too much time. Just just pick one. Yeah, I, I was going to actually ask you who you would not want to play because I realize that in the short slate, especially <laughs> there's so many defenses to choose from. And for me, the 49ers are one that I would not want to play on the road in the cold, that kind of stuff for them. I don't want to get any part of that. And to me, the chiefs as well uh, are one of those defenses that when I looked at it, I said, this is the defense that is going to struggle the most this weekend is, is the chiefs. So, so that's, that's the two I wanted to stay away from. It's possible. I mean, the chiefs do play better at home. At least they have here to close the season. I think I'd worry about Cincinnati. I know they've been good, but they're on the road. They're a young team uh, themselves. You know, you could have Henry back where the, the ball is going to be run more than it's being thrown. Mm-hmm. Tannehill does a pretty good job of protecting it as well. So Cincy would be the team I'm concerned with out of this group. 
Okay. All right. There's our two cents about defenses, and don't be afraid <laughs> to spend only two cents on defenses this yeah, next right. week. Uh, uh, running backs, uh, Derek Henry is back on the board. He is going to play Sunday. I am or Saturday. I am fully uh, confident of that. Or you know, it's just coach speak, and they're lying to me again, which could <laughs> possibly be. But I learned my lesson. I, if Derek Henry is going to play and I want to mix him into lineups, I'm not going to be scared to mix him into lineups. We saw people come off the IR last week, be thrown in there, and just have outstanding games, Pierre. I, the, the only problem is Derrick Henry is not 4,200 like all those other guys were. <laughs> right. Yeah, 75, I mean, it's still the, the cheapest you're going to probably get uh, Derrick Henry, especially if he does explode this game. But um, he's coming off a of foot. Yeah, he looks pretty good in practice, but you still got to wonder how they're going to incorporate him uh, into it, you need him to get those, you know, 20 plus carries uh, to be successful because he, he tends to warm up later in the game once the defense is kind of worn down. So you want him to really get those those bulk carries, not have to split with, you know, a foreman or someone like that. So that's the only concern there. But he's he's still King Henry. It's cold. Folks aren't going to want to tackle him. If he's uh, good to go, then 7,500 is really too cheap for him. If I go off of Henry and I'm going to play a running back in that game, would it be Foreman or Hilliard? Because Hilliard seems – Okay. All right. All right. Hilliard was that guy, man. He he was really explosive. He really explosive this past He's season. got burst, but they like to kind of grind you out. Uh, they still like to have that Henry type of treatment, even if you're not Henry, and that's what you saw with Foreman. Yeah. He's the one getting all the, the carries, 21, 26. Had the one hiccup with nine, but then 22, 13, 19. So it's definitely forming without Henry. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to think of in passing plays, in passing situations. I could see them getting Henry off the field to put somebody else in there in that in that scenario. And and I don't know if that would be a Hilliard or not. Yeah, Hillary, Hillary would be your, your third down back. Okay. Um, He's, I don't think – yeah, it wouldn't be McNichols anymore. No, I, I agree. I think so. So that, that just is a pivot play, maybe, if you got a piece of that action and you want to do something a little bit contrarian. Over uh, the next one on the board, Aaron Jones, all fully healthy. I think he's had, what, six months off since the last time he played, <laughs> it feels like, against these uh, San Francisco 49ers in the cold weather situation. It seems more like a Dylan spot to me. Yeah, I just – it's hard to play Jones at his price because of the Dylan factor. Like, you know Dylan's going to be involved. It's cold weather. If they try to – Grind you out, it's probably going to be with Dylan. Uh, Jones is more used in the, the passing game, I feel. Uh, so I, I'd probably stay away from Jones. He's, he's got upside just from himself being the, the burst that he has, breakaway speed. Um, he can take one to the house. All of a sudden, he's going to pay off his salary. But I just don't like the, the two-headed back foot here, so I'm going to stay away from Aaron Jones. I could I could understand Mixon Mixon had a kind of a disappointing game for Mixon. I think that that was his floor that we're going to see from Mixon, which is 11 points for him, which is really close to hit it, well, two and a half times the value anyway, or two times the value. Uh, I don't know if we could count on him even though for that in Tennessee. Tennessee seems to be able to take away the running game, Pierre. I, I don't I don't really like Mixon this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I do either. I like his price, like 6600 is good, but I just stated Tennessee's pretty good against the run. He needs to score a touchdown, I feel, in order to, to really get to where you need him to be for that price range. So I'll probably say no to mixing as well. What is Devin Singletary doing under 6K? I don't understand why he's under 6K. He's getting all the touches. He's getting like 80-something percent of the snap share there in Buffalo. He's getting uh, passes. Yeah. He's the back in Buffalo. Crushing. He's the back. He's, he's crushing. He's he's taking over. You know, he had Breida earlier, Zach Moss. It's the Singletary show. He keeps He keeps delivering. And if he keeps delivering, they're going to keep going to him. So, yeah, 5900 feels cheap for what he's been doing. 
Yeah, he can hit three times that value. I'm not scared mm-hmm. to play him. Eli Mitchell's the other guy. When I was looking at the running backs, I was really going, okay, who are the bell cows? Who's who's out there for all these snaps? <laughs> who are the people getting who, who aren't sharing the ball at all? And it's Singletary and it's Mitchell to me out of all these guys. And so I really mm-hmm. like putting Singletary and Mitchell in there. Yeah, I like Mitchell as well. Um, he's seeing 20 plus tar- uh, 20 plus attempts every game. Uh, last year, Green Bay struggled against the run. Mm-hmm. They've kind of shorted up a bit, um, but you can never know. They could they could kind of fall back into that routine where they're giving up plays through the run. As long as the 49ers keep it close, they're going to give Mitchell opportunities. If they start to, to pull away, they, they could be in trouble there. But if they keep it close, uh, Mitchell's going to have to be involved. I demand that during any press conference with Bruce Arians that he is hooked up to a lie detector test. Because I want to know what he really <laughs> oh thinks about Leonard Fournette. I want to know what he really thinks about whether or not he's going to play on Sunday. And this is one of those things. Maybe that's what he has strapped around him during a game is a lie detector. You know, but I don't know what he's doing out there. But I do not think that Leonard Fournette's going to play this week. I think the hamstrings still bother him. But but it's like Bruce Arians is going fishing each and every press <laughs> conference, you know, just seeing what, if we'll bite or not. This is important. I mean, this is really important. I, I had to scramble myself. Uh, when he didn't get activated for the wild card game, but this whole wait and see, I mean, you're you're looking at Sunday. Like this isn't a Saturday game. You're gonna miss two games if you're you're waiting to see what happens here. Uh, so that's the one concern with really this whole backfield is if he if he's active, you want to make sure you you have some money to to get to him if he's in. Uh, if he's not, then you can always go down to to like a you know a, I can't think of their names right now. Um, uh, Bernard and Bond. Yes, yes, Bernard and Bond. I didn't have it up right here. So, I mean, they, they played well. They split 50-50 uh, the, the last game there against the Eagles. But that's just something to keep in mind when you're building your roster. If you go one of these Bucks guys and, and, and Fournette's in, let's say you go Bernard, Fournette's in, you're going to try to find that 700 to get up to Fournette then. If he's out, then obviously you can just jump down uh, to a Bernard or a Vaughn. Yeah, and, and that's where you got to construct your lineup a little bit wiser, maybe, if you're going to lean on this mm-hmm. running game, a running attack, which I don't know, necessarily know that you got to put that much thought process into it because I don't necessarily like Tampa Bay's running offense this week against <laughs> the Rams. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind a pass catcher or two uh, if it was them, so that's why this does come into play. Ronald Jones has not hit the practice field in forever, so don't even worry about him. He's out of the equation. But this Cam Akers, man, Cam Akers, he was supposed to be hurt. Coming off the injured list a week before, he got five rushes, I think, or something like that. Not not very many at all. And then last week, I think he got a hundred, Pierre, a hundred for Cam Akers. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Um, <laughs> I mean, Achilles are hard to, to come off of, you know, from an yeah. injury standpoint. I know there's new advanced technologies, which, you know, we saw ourselves in Indy with Marlon Mack. But, I mean, he was barely on the field. Cam Akers is everywhere. He's, I mean, 17 attempts. Uh, I mean, that was, he looked like he had bursts, like everyone's getting excited about him on Twitter. So he's back. He seems back. So you got to consider him at 55 for sure. Yeah. I think though, that the traditional uh, way they play that there is they kind of like to go since, since uh, Todd Gurley is no longer there. It seems like kind of the hot hand. So if Cam Akers does start off a little bit cold against Tampa Bay, I think that they will try to get Sony Michelle worked in there. And whoever's the hot hand is who they're going to end up going with. And Sony Michelle does have that playoff experience a little bit more than Cam Akers. You never know. I, I It's only a $200 savings. If you're going to play one, I would just maybe make a multiple lineup and play the other one. That's what I would do because Sony Michelle <laughs> even got goal line work this past game, which Cam Akers didn't necessarily do. And there could be a conditioning thing going in there. 
That's true. Um, just keep that all in mind. They'll split regardless. They don't want to put too much right. on acres, but he's involved. He's going to yeah. be involved. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. just hope to get the right Boy, part of the coin flip. He looked good too. I need to get me an Achilles injury, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. We've already talked about Foreman, but we got to talk about this guy who's no longer on the injured list at all. It's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, CEH for Kansas City. He's at 5,200, Pierre. I don't necessarily like it going against Buffalo, but if CEH is in play, do you play him or do you play that guy who looked really good last week for them as well with <laughs> McKinnon because you know that they like that screen game? You know they like what McKinnon gave them last week. I hate Kansas City. Because of that, I had so I had Ceh in. Oh. He was ruled out. I'm like, all right, let's go to Williams. He saw one carry and then he fumbled and didn't see the field again. So I'm not a oh, big nice. fan of the the Kansas City backfield. You can't you can't not play McKinnon if you're the Chiefs. He looked way too good, mm-hmm. uh, had too much burst. So he's still going to be involved. So this may be a situation that you you just want to avoid. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you here. Just so you don't get mad, because I was mad with you. Yeah. I was mad. <laughs> I was mad with you. Why you not? And and you saw it when he fumbled too. You're like, oh. And then he then he didn't be. You, you didn't see him on the field anymore. You're like, he's done. He's gone. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's done. done. He's out of there. Kept looking for oh. 31. No, he's not out there. <laughs> Do we like AJ Dillon at all? Because this game script does look like a Green Bay. I don't want to say blowout, but it does look like they're going to get ahead in the game, and then that's usually where Dillon likes to shine. Yeah, I like Dillon. Um, he he seems to be the the winter back for the Packers. I honestly thought that he would kind of take over the role based off his draft position, uh, but they re-signed Aaron Jones, which I think shocked a lot of people. But yeah, he's he's in play 5100. Uh, he still can catch passes himself, but if they get ahead and they're trying to grind you out, he's the he's the guy you want to grind you out with. Yep, build me a lineup, Pierre. All right, I'm going. I'm going Stafford. I like his price, 6200. Uh, pairing him up with Cooper Cup, no matter what, uh, 8600, and I'm going to go with Higby as well. Uh, at the tight end position for 4K. Run back, I'll put in Tyler Johnson for right now, 3,700. I think they, they should definitely put Ramsey on Evans, uh, try to take him away. I think Tyler Johnson should be the beneficiary of that. If it's not, like a Gio Bernard or one of those guys in the backfield. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to plug him in. I don't care. Playing him, 8,500. He torches uh, the 49ers. Going to correlate there. I'm going to go ahead and play Elijah Mitchell. At 5,800 running back, he's just getting so many touches uh, there in the backfield. And if they can keep this close, you know, he could grind out some points. I like Singletary, so give me him. 5,900 at the other running back position. I'll take the Bills. Let's just plug in the Bills. 2,600. I think they're going to win that game, put pressure on Mahomes. Leaves me just enough for your guy, uh, the old man, Julio Jones, uh, 4,700. So we'll go Stafford, Elijah Mitchell, Devin Singletary. Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Tyler Johnson, Buffalo Bills defense. I'm entering a free lineup here. I found a free lineup, so I'm entering. You know, I like that one. (laughs) I like that, though. I do like that build. Uh, The Tyler Higby may be one that I pivot off of a little bit in some Mm -hmm. of my lineups. Uh, Just to be able to upgrade that Tyler Johnson a little. I don't know how much more I can upgrade it there, but I do like that Julio Jones. And and Tyler Johnson does seem to be the guy that gets the most targets outside of the, you know, Evans or Gronk. If he can catch him. (laughs) A little more stick him. A little more stick him. (laughs) Hey, Pierre, good job. Good job. Can't wait to talk to you for the conference championships. I don't know how that plays out, but we will check in with you again next week. Fantastic job by you, buddy. Thank you, sir.
All right. Make sure you follow Pierre at Peewee31 over on Twitter. Follow me as well at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore over there. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, review, all those different things that you can do on whatever platform you like to listen to this podcast on. But more importantly than all those things, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.